Praise the Lord, man. The Spirit of God is moving here today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. <clears throat> Father, I just come to you right now, Lord. and Lord, I just thank you for your sweet spirit that's here moving right now, Father. And Lord, I ask that you just continue to, to be with us and to pour out your anointing. Lord, I ask that you give me words to say, Father, that I wouldn't say anything wrong, but God, that it would all be in accordance with your will and that you would receive the glory for everything. God, your name is great. Your name is mighty. Your name is high, highly exalted, Father. The word says that you were given a name above every name. And God, we just lift up the name of Jesus today, Father. We exalt you. The Word says that you are great and greatly to be praised. So Father, it's not something we should do half-heartedly. Oh, but God, we give you our everything today. Lord, I ask that you just be with us in this next few minutes. Lord, let your Word go forth. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. We sang one song today called the heart of worship let me just uh read a little bit of that it goes right along with our message today says when the music fades and all is stripped away and i simply come longing just to bring something that's of worth that will bless your heart says, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. So what I want to talk to you about today, I'm going to ask you just a question. What are you bringing to God. What are you bringing? You know, we bring all kinds of things. A lot of times we don't bring anything. Y'all ever show up to somebody's house empty-handed when you've been invited over and you just kind of feel like should have got something. Should have brought up bag of solo cups or something. I mean, just anything, right? I mean, you just kind of feel like, I should have brought something. Part of that is just our our southern hospitality kind of mentality, right? That's, that's just what we do. When we go to somebody's house, we take something. You know, it may be a cake, it may be a pitcher of tea, whatever. You take something, that's just what we do. And, you know... That, that really translates over into how we are to respond to God, too. Because He's done so much for us, you know, I just don't feel right when I don't take Him something. When I don't give something of myself to Him. Okay? So, let's read some of the Word this morning. Uh, Matthew chapter 2. Y'all, I'm sorry if I'm moving kind of slow right now. It just, 
The Spirit is just moving up here, y'all. I'm telling you right now, I want to say a special thank you to all of our praise and worship team. Man, y'all did an awesome job today. Um, I know every single one of them is probably sitting there thinking, I kind of messed this up. I did this wrong. I guarantee I didn't see none of it. God was was moving and honoring the work that you put into it, and I appreciate it. All right, so Matthew chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem was with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. So here's the king, the figurehead, that doesn't even know what the prophecies say. Okay? He had to go ask somebody. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. That's what the prophecy said, right? That's where he's going to be born. For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, <coughs> in the land of Judah, art not, the, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Liar. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened the treasures, opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So, these men didn't know Jesus personally, right? But they knew of him. I want y'all to understand that they brought treasures with them. Okay? They didn't stop at some roadside, uh, get your worship treasures to take to the king store, right? I mean, they didn't pick these up last minute. How many of you guys, and don't raise your hand, I ain't trying to get nobody in trouble. How many of you guys have stopped on the way home from work on the day of your anniversary and picked up something real quick. Here it is. Man, I have to put so much thought and effort into it. 
right? So these guys thought this out, right? They were on a journey. We want to go see this new king, right? They understood when they go before a king, you give something. You give of yourself, okay? You, you bring something to honor him, okay? This is, this is protocol, okay? This is a standard practice. We don't understand much of that today because we don't have a king in this country. But I guarantee you, if any of y'all was going to meet your president today, even if you don't like him, you wouldn't show up in a muscle shirt and shorts and flip-flops. I wouldn't. I don't like the man, but I wouldn't show up that way. I have respect for that office, right? This is a big deal to meet the president of the United States. Okay, so when I show up, I'm going to be looking appropriate. And these men went to meet a king, a new king. They, they brought their gifts. These things that they had thought out ahead of time, these things were of great value. They gave of themselves to the king. And you say, but he was just a little boy. Does that matter? Now, read the Old Testament. You'll see many times little boys were already kings, right? Because there's a bloodline that's established, and that's all that really matters. He had a right to it. Okay, so because of that, these, these three kings, as they're sometimes called, wise men, as they're sometimes called, came before him. And the Word says that if they worshipped Him. Okay? You say, well, Brother Kevin, we've all heard this story before. Yeah, you have. But y'all, what I want you to focus on today, like the question I asked you at the beginning, what do you bring? See, these guys didn't just go, well, what do I got laying around? Uh, well, there's a half a loaf of bread. Y'all ever take a half a loaf of bread to somebody's house? No. You go buy a loaf of bread, don't you? And look, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad if you take a half a loaf of bread. But I'm just saying, normally you wouldn't do that. You go get a new loaf, right? These guys didn't just look around and find scraps they had laying around. They gave the best they could. Okay, so when I come to my king, I need to bring him something. Okay? And you know, the, the hard part for us is there's really not much we have that's worth anything. But we do have something. First of all, we have the sacrifice of our praise. Okay? And man, y'all I'm going to tell you what, he loves praise. He loves it. In fact, some might say that's why He created us. Do you understand that's your purpose? It's what you were made for is to praise the King. He longs for that praise because He knows you don't have to give it. What else do I have? 
That song said, I want to bring you something that's of worth. What else do I have? Isaiah prayed. He saw God in this vision. And he said, here I am, send me. What did he have to offer? Well, the first thing he noticed was, I'm a man of unclean lips. Man, I'm terrible. In the sight of God, all of my imperfections are just obvious compared to Him. It doesn't matter how holy you think you might be, right? You get in the presence of God and you just have to start confessing. Lord, I man, I'm terrible. I, I say this wrong. I, I've thought about this thing wrong. And, I've, and he's like, I know. <laughs> you can stop for a minute. But that's just what happens when you get in the presence of God. All of that sin becomes obvious to you. So Isaiah recognized that the first thing he got in the midst of him. And he also recognized something else. He had nothing to offer but Himself. And y'all, I want to tell you that today. Offer yourself to Him. Make yourself available to God. You see, that's, what, that's another thing He wants is, is us to make ourselves available for Him. What does it mean? What does that even mean? It means I'm going to put myself my own desires, my own wants and and goals and and things like that, I'm going to set that all aside if need be. And in the middle of that, I'm going to say, God, whatever you want me to do, here I am. Surrender. That's why we raise our hands. I surrender. I surrender. What's the first thing the police tell criminals to do? Lay down your weapons and put your hands in the air. Why? Because we want those hands as far away from your weapons as possible and we want to see what is in your hands. It's a surrender, right? I give up. That's the first thing people do when they know they're caught. I I surrender. I give up. Right? And that's what I do to God. When I, when I come up here and I, I begin to praise and worship, man, I raise my hands, God, I surrender. I'm putting down any, any weapons that I might have in, in, my, in my flesh, any, any tools that I might try to use of my own. I, I lay all of that down right now, and I just surrender to the King of kings. And I worship You, Lord. I praise You. That's all I have to give Him. Do you understand that? I have nothing that He didn't give me. Anything that I have of my own that didn't come from Him, I wouldn't dare give it to Him. I wouldn't dare present that before the King because it's foolishness. And it has no value to Him. All I have is me. And my praise. And you know what? I'm ashamed to offer myself. Because I know I'm just nothing. I I know that. Without Him saying, I'll take it and I'll use it and I'll bless it. There's no value in me. 
You know why I'm of great worth and value? Because He said so. That's it. That's it. So what do you bring to the King? What do you bring to Him? Do you make a conscious effort? You see, these men decided long before we're going to go see the king. You hear me? This was a journey. They didn't live the next town over. The, the last verse we read, it said they departed and went back into their own countries. Okay? Countries away. Now, that don't mean a lot in Texas, right? Because we're kind of big enough to be many countries in comparison to some parts of the world. But over there, I mean, when you're traveling by camel, right? Y'all ever seen people ride a camel? That, it ain't like riding a horse, y'all. Bouncy, 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 bouncy. All the way. I, the first thing I think of when I think of somebody riding a camel is the old Looney Tunes cartoons when Yosemite Sam is just hanging on and just bouncing, right? That's what I think of. And I know that's a little bit extreme, but I'm trying to drive home a point today that these three men went on a journey. They they not only gave gifts, but they gave of themselves, right? This was a commitment to let's go honor and worship this new king. He's a kid. He's a baby. It don't matter. He's still the king. That's right, Brother Tim. Y'all think maybe they recognize there's something special about him? (laughs) He did have his own star, right? (laughs) That's kind of special. We got Christmas coming up. Time that we celebrate his birth. What what better time to try to remember? The things that went on. And what better time to try to be rejuvenated and recentered on what we need to be doing to serve Him. See, the bottom line is, if He never did anything else for you, I mean, nothing. Y'all, we talked about this last week, and man, I could talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about blessings God's given me. But you know, if He never did any of that, If all He did was wash my sins, He's worth every praise. Another song we sang today is called Happy Day. I realize some of the music we play up here is not everybody's cup of tea. Man, I'm not trying to have any false misconceptions here that everybody just likes the same music. I mean, I know that. But y'all, the words in some of these songs are just awesome. 
Because see, this song, Happy Day, number one, it makes me want to get up and jump around and shout anyway because it's, you know, it's just that kind of song. But the first verse says, The greatest day in history. That's a bold statement, y'all. Okay? Let's, let's just acknowledge that for a minute. That's a bold statement. The greatest day in history. Death is beaten. You have rescued me. Huh? Oh, happy day, happy day, you washed my sin away. <laughs> Y'all remember that day? You remember that day when you were saved and, and you, maybe even at that particular moment you didn't realize it. But sometime later on, reality just flooded your soul and, and you said, I'm forgiven. I'm clean. All of that, all of those things I, I've done in the past are no more. He doesn't remember any of that against me. I'm washed clean. That's relief, man. That's how you can say the greatest day in history. It wasn't the day I was saved. It was the day He died on that cross and the day He rose from the grave. Because you see, the birth of Jesus, as magnificent as it was, means nothing if those two things didn't happen. If He lived to be 90 years old and died in a nursing home, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus today. But He died a horrible death as a sacrifice on a cross. And then He conquered death and rose again. And that was the greatest day in history because at that very point, salvation was mine. Y'all, He's worthy of praise. He's worthy, man. He is so worthy. Not only that, but, but as a child of God, I desire to praise Him. If you've never experienced that, if, you, if you're sitting there kind of confused saying, you know, I don't really know what you mean. I mean, I love Jesus, but I don't understand what you mean to praise and worship Him. I'm trying to tell you that there is a place you can go and, and you lay everything that's going on in the world aside and, and put it away. And for that moment in time, you focus on His goodness and His greatness. How powerful and mighty He is. And, and how much He loves you and cares about you. And, and you just offer yourself to Him and say, Lord, I love you. Y'all, that's a special place. His love is just amazing. Y'all, when you, if you can ever really truly get a, a perspective on how much God really loves you, even if it's just the slightest little glimpse of it because our feeble minds cannot comprehend it, but you get this little bit deeper understanding than you had before, and every time I take another little step, it just blows my mind. That His love and grace truly does abound toward me. Okay? It's bountiful. There's, there's more than enough. And, and I don't care how many times you have messed up in your life. His love does not change towards you. It doesn't change. See, our, our thoughts of it change. 
We think there's no possible way God loves me as much now because of all the stupid stuff I've done. But we go back to Him anyway with the hope that, okay, He's going to forgive me because He said He would, and He does. But I want y'all to hear me right now. His love didn't change, not one iota. It didn't change. You tell me He's not a king that's worthy of praise? Oh, hang on a minute. I wish I had some gold and frankincense and myrrh to give to Him. I wish that was, that was enough. You see, that was enough for, for a man that doesn't match what God truly, truly is worth. Who can measure His worth? Who can measure the, the, the value that God has toward us? I mean, what is, what is God worth to you? See, I can put a value on, on a material item, right? I go. I can go Google it and say, "Hey, how much is this is going for?" Right? Go look on eBay. Look at the completed items listing. Okay, these are selling for three hundred dollars. So I'm gonna ask three hundred. Right? That's the going rate. How much is God worth to you? And I ask you this question not just as a as a way to kind of move into the next area. I'm asking you this question because what I want you to go back to is the first question. What do you bring to God? Okay? So you ask yourself that. What is God really worth to me? And when you hit that place where you say, Oh, He's worth everything. He's worth more than I could ever gather up. I could never get to a place where I had enough to say, God, this is what you're worth. So now I go back to my first question, what do you bring to God? What did these guys bring? When they went into their treasure room, air quotes, and began to examine the stuff they had, what did they bring? You know, I mean, I wasn't there. I I don't really know what they thought about. But it don't get much more valuable than gold, right? I mean, even today, that's, that's one of the most precious items you can find is gold. Everybody's jewelry is made out of it. It has so many even uh, scientific properties that you can use it for. Electrical, uh, it doesn't roast and corrode it. I mean, there's so many wonderful things. You, you can take this small amount of gold and pound it out, and it makes a huge thin layer that you can put on something. Right? I mean, gold has so many wonderful properties. It's so valuable. Frankincense and myrrh were, were very valuable scents and odors that people use for perfumes and incense and worship and, and all sorts of things like that, and they weren't easy to come by. So, I don't think they just went and said, well, let's scoop up a little bit of this and a little bit of that. What did they bring? They just brought the best they could think of. So, what do you bring? Because y'all, I'm going to tell y'all the honest truth right now. A whole lot of times, I don't bring anything. I just show up hoping that God's going to do something. Hadn't put any thought into it. 
Y'all, sometimes I'm the worst husband there ever possibly was. But sometimes I'm even worse as a servant to my king because I don't bring him anything. He deserves so much more. He don't really want much, though. Y'all hear me? What he really wants is just us to love him, us to praise him, us to give ourselves to him, that, that we can be used for his glory. But we don't treat him with the kind of admiration and respect that is due the King of Kings. I didn't say a king. Hear my words today because I didn't say that accidentally. I didn't say a king. I said the king of kings. There's never been a higher king. He's the Lord of lords. There's never been a higher Lord. And this is, this is the God, the king that we serve. Okay? Now, this isn't some little piddly king in some little podunk country, right, that people don't even recognize his authority. This is the king. That's who we serve. Am I making that point clear today? Because, because that means everything. So yeah, this is Christmas. It's that time of year. It's real hard to think about the birth of Jesus and not begin to examine what kind of gifts He has given us. He Himself was a gift. That's why we exchange gifts, y'all. We, we get so caught up in just the, ooh, what'd you get me? <laughs> but the real point behind it is to honor that tradition. Bringing gifts to the King. Making yourself available to Him. Look, I don't have nothing else, y'all. I'm not a rich man. I'm not very handsome. I don't have many many talents whatsoever, y'all, to be honest with you. But what I have, I can give Him. I can just say, Lord, here I am, whatever you want to do with me, okay? Y'all, I don't even have enough intelligence to say what I might be good at that He could use. Y'all hear me? Because I don't understand enough about what He needs. But when I just say, Lord, here I am, just do with me what you want to. If you had somebody come to you, and I'm getting ready to close, if you had somebody come to you and say, hey, I don't have nothing to do for the next three days. I'd like to do some work around your property. What would you like me to do? You could come up with some stuff, couldn't you? I guarantee you, man. <laughs> Wyatt showed up. He's, he's staying with us, and... Rhonda called me one day and said, hey, Wyatt needs something to do. I said, well, he can get out there and start raking up some leaves. He can get a ladder, get up on the church, blow all the leaves off the church. And you know what? I come home, there is a pile this high of leaves. Right? That's nice, man. 
did I have to understand that Wyatt knows how to use a rake or a blower? No, because anybody can figure that out, right? So when I go to God and say, God, here I am. I'm available. What do you want me to do? You know what? He knows a whole lot better than I do. He can say, you got character qualities in you you don't even know you have yet, son. I'm going to put you to work. That's what I was waiting on for you to just say, here I am. That's about the best gift we can give him, y'all. Just, here I am. I'm available. Use me.